Hello and thanks for dropping in. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo and you're listening to The Startup Scientist, which is a podcast on growing your scientific career. This podcast is a window at my attempt of squeezing a 70-hour work week into 35 hours. For this episode, I'll be answering a listener question on collaboration. Now, this is an excellent topic as collaboration is great for two things in particular. First, You can work with people that have the skills that you don't have. And second, you can also exponentially boost your productivity. There are only so many first order papers that you can do in a year. So if you want to grow your productivity, there's two ways to grow that. You can build your own lab or you can collaborate. Now for me, I don't want to publish papers just for the sake of publishing papers. There is so much stuff I want to investigate, but simply not enough resource. This question on collaboration is going to come in three parts. And the first part is, how do I find and initiate work with others? I remember early in my career, during my PhD, I took any opportunity I could. My personal motto was to say yes and figure it out later. I also had to think about what would make me a good future collaborator. For this, my goal was to learn three things really well. A statistical skill that is transferable between fields, a technical skill that is also transferable between fields, and deep knowledge into one thing. For me, these things were meta-analysis, which is very transferable, the collection and analysis of heart rate variability data, and a knowledge base surrounding the social behavioral effects of oxytocin. Those things are what suited me, so you just need to figure out what those things are for you. Right now, in this stage of my career, it is a different story. So here's the thing. Every day I write down my goals. Every day. So I know exactly where I'm going. So when a potential collaborator comes my way, if it's not a hell yes straight away, then I won't do it. It's the things that tightly align with my goals that tend to be hell yes. Of course, Different collaborations take time. There is a big difference between contributing contributing to a protocol and write-up of a manuscript and training up and supervising students. So you're going to have to weigh these things up. One of the main things that I found with getting collaborators is by having a web presence. Check out episode three if you're not sure how to do this. And the second thing is having a publication presence, which we'll get to later. But almost every single collaborator email begins with, I was doing some Googling and I found you online. Or I've been following on following you on Twitter or I found you on Twitter. Now, obviously, having publications help. Although publishing in a well-recognized journal helps, the key is publishing things that solve problems. The better you solve problems, the more people will want to collaborate with you because this is key. The second part of this question on collaboration was, what tools and strategies can I use? The first tool I want to briefly mention is Slack, which is a messaging tool that is a hundred times better than email. Get onto it. It is so much easier collaborating on projects by using this platform and it's free. So you can check it out. When it comes to strategy, here's what I do. I aim to be the top of collaborator 
that you want to collaborate with. Responding to emails promptly, going over and above in your work and solving collaborator problems. Firstly, this is important because research is a really small world and people talk. This can work against you, but it's more likely to work for you. There's a lot of really smart people out there, but there aren't many smart people that are also good collaborators, and that is how you set yourself apart. Secondly, if you're a good collaborator, people will keep working with you. This almost goes without saying, but I'm still working with collaborators that I started working with years ago, and this is reaping dividends. The third and final part of this question was, what rules of contact should I establish with collaborators? Now, one of the biggest tools, one of the biggest things that you can do is set expectations early. Mismatched expectations is the biggest source of headaches when it comes to collaborating. If you're crystal clear from the start, you're more likely to have clear sailing. And make sure you have it in writing too, so you can always refer back to what was originally agreed. It can also be helpful to set milestones, for example, a date when the first version of a manuscript is due. So that's all for today's episode. Please keep the suggestions coming in. You can contact me on Twitter at StartupSci, that is startup underscore sci, or on Facebook, just search for The Startup Scientist. And if you have the time, I would also appreciate a review on iTunes, as this is what will help others find the show. Until next week, bye for now.